0: I'd like to ask, what do you say to people that say that soil is only plantable for so long until crops don't grow uh, properly? And that, and that, you know, you need the animal um, uh, pieces, I guess, to, to uh, uh, feed the plants. Uh,
1: Sylvia, you said you're in Arizona.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have a service that comes and picks up all my uh, food waste and takes it and turns it into soil in a veganic uh, uh, fashion. So basically, using um, using um, plant, I mean, soil microbes to convert it. They go, use what is called the Bokashi method. So they give us browns that we add with the with the greens. And within a month, it becomes soil. And so it doesn't really require any animals to do that. It's basically composting um, uh, through veganic uh, methods. And they actually come and pick up our food waste once a week or once every two weeks. You can sign up for that service in Phoenix for $15 a month or something like that. Yeah. Excellent. So it can be done. It's being done right now. Yeah. That's what I'm pointing out. Yeah yeah sylvia i think one quick
2: thing to add that's a wonderful wonderful to hear that uh that dr Rao just pointed out but one thing that you're talking about is it, it it demands a little bit more time than we have right now i'm going to be speaking about this very 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 topic tomorrow which i think you're hinting at if not you're inferring the regenerative agriculture movement or you know because that is the basis of the entire movement um in terms of the modernization of grass-fed agriculture um, is how to, how to further the livestock industry by now calling it something else in terms of rotational grazing. And that is the precept that they're using is that um, they're telling you this. That's what I heard is that, you know, without hooved animals, um, that we will perish and our soils will not be uh, replenished. And that's, that's entirely um, erroneous. And reasons of what, if, if you want to extrapolate out of what what Dr. Rao just pointed out, is that um, by by natural uh, rewilding, even um, there are different examples. I'm going to tell you about one tomorrow in northeastern uh, Brazil on the Atlantic coast that was that was uh, completely desertified that was brought back about a thousand acres, and we have other examples. So I'm going to go over that tomorrow. But basically, it's erroneous. Um are in fact, there's so many. Case, in fact, we've we've already been over this a little bit today. But um, livestock, whether they're grass fed or not, is uh, is uh, has a, is far more damaging to the uh, planet um, by you know, so many different ways that we've discussed all tonight. Um, and you can rebuild soil quite nicely um, in a, in the less and much less of a footprint with no footprint, actually creating sequestration by just plant-based sources.
3: I'll say that on the nutritional side of things, when the meat industry was facing mounting evidence that eating flesh is killing and causing disease in human beings, they came up with the protein argument. Uh, That ah, animal protein is superior, you need the animal protein, and of course animal protein is in fact carcinogenic and sulfuric, uh, it is excessive and it poses a burden on the system. With dairy, when dairy causes cancers and causes uh, diabetes and causes obesity, they came up with the calcium argument ah, you need need the calcium from from milk or else you'll get osteoporosis, when in fact the truth is that around the world the populations that drink more dairy have more osteoporosis. So now when we're facing a climate emergency and we're facing so much environmental depletion that Richard talks about, they have to come up with an argument for what 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 else it is from the cow. Oh, it's the magical cow manure that we need. We can't live without the magical cow manure. Well, in fact, we can. We don't need the manure from 1.5 billion cows in the world. And uh, we don't need the chicken manure either. We don't need any of it. So it's just another example of the animal agricultural interests refusing to go away and trying to come up with an excuse why we have to keep eating meat.
0: Thank
4: you. Kathy, would you like to ask a question?
0: Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Good. So I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And um, I'd like to just kind of say that, uh, you know, the last several years, the United States, and I'll speak from the standpoint of the United States since I've lived here, but the United States has been so politically divided, almost like, you know, 50-50% Republican, 50% Democrat. So statistically, this group can very likely be 50-50 as well. And so... I think that what I was seeing in the chat was kind of the reason why I decided to pipe up to say that we have to be united in in this movement in this uh, you know attempt to try to save the world. In saying that, um, the minute someone starts accusing someone who happens to be A Republican or someone who happens to be a Democrat and and points them out as you're the problem, all of a sudden you've got 50% of America, their hunches saying, Whoa, wait a second. And they're not going to listen to the message anymore. So it has to be non political. And that's my comment.
2: Yeah, one very quick thing. I I appreciate that. Um, Actually, the only thing that should be political should be highly political in terms of <laughs> policy making in terms of, you know, what are because we're, we're we're a land of, you know, we're governed and there's different incentives and different penalties for different things. I mean, you go over 55 miles an hour, you're going to get a ticket or, you know, so there has to be a balancing act. And those that are educated and those that are fed food in our public school systems uh, are come from our, our policymakers. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, we, we don't want to be pointing fingers at anybody saying you're, you're the problem and it should be United because, but the fact is, is that the fact is, is that we want to turn it the other way, much like what Dr. Rao has been talking about, um, consistently the theme through what he's been saying tonight is that, you know, on a spiritual basis, we have to come together, um, and create policies politically, but knowing that we all are the we are are the we all are part of the catalyst for the solution to the problem we have a factual problem we all have the problem it's our planet it's, it's the earth that supports all of us but we all have can be part of the solution so yeah we can find a common ground in that and i think that was pretty powerful um what what should we do in this
4: The midterm elections are coming up at the end of the year. Should we vote Republican, Democratic, independent? Is there another party? Is there anything we could do in the election time to have an impact, to be influential, to make a change, or is it all the same? What what is your thought on who to vote for and how to handle this?
3: Well, I I, I have strong opinions about who to vote, which party is the the party i would prefer to have in power but i won't go into that because i think that that's sort of off uh the reason the major reasons i have don't have to do with the subject which is animal agriculture and the destruction of the climate in other words there are other issues facing us like even whether we retain a democracy that are very important and that's where this becomes sort of three-dimensional chess because, I, in principle, I agree with what Richard's saying. It's got to be bottom up and it's got to be top down. And to the extent that it can be, I agree. Um, but the the problem is that my my opinions on animal agriculture would not win me any elections if I ran for governor on the on my program, which is that uh, I would. Institute a tax. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind actually just making animal agriculture illegal, but uh, but at very least, I would stop subsidies to animal agriculture. I would institute a tax on slaughterhouses. I would institute policies that would make uh, that would hurt the dairy industry and the uh, and the uh, cattle industry and the chicken industry. And uh, I wouldn't make any friends in those industries. And I wouldn't get elected. So the policies that I would propose, if I were to propose them to congressmen of the party that I favor and say, why don't you fight for this? Why don't you fight for this? Well, they won't listen to me, but even if they did, they would lose the election. So I have to realize that. Um, much the way to use the analogy I used before, if if 20 years ago um, certain politicians who were who were really good, caring pu- public servants came out ahead of the public for gay marriage, they wouldn't have gotten elected. Now maybe it would have been the right thing to do, but we also have to look at reality. Do we want to lose good Congress people? if they speak the truth about uh, all the issues that we care about and then lose the election. So that's why I emphasize, I agree with Richard that to the extent it could be top-down as well as bottom-up, great. But we, we have to be realistic and hope that um, the, the bottom-up movement allows the top-down stuff to happen. We need more broad support from the public so that politicians will be, brave, will be able to be braver and then s- start doing what they need to do. Right now, if I ran for office on my program, I would lose in a landslide.
2: Hey, um, one quick comment about that. Um, just a very quick comment. So we're, we're not voting for Glenn, but we should if you ran. But in terms of the, the question about who you'd vote for, I, I think, this you need we need again we need to educate everyone including educate the educated we have to educate the politicians mm-hmm. i have no problem at all speaking with my senator and letting them know okay this is where i think you should be and having them dispel in some what of a manner that glenn's suggesting there that you know he would lose his his platform but if you don't start there we we, we won't be accomplishing anything you have to put your foot in the door and i you know, I, I slide them, you know, documentaries and I but so so you still, I think, need to to have discussions with them about, you know, here's what's important and give and educate them and say, we know you'd probably, you probably you probably would think you're going to be losing some of your your uh, your audience. But actually, at some point in time, you're going to gain the audience. So and you have to understand, you know, at least if you can get your foot in the door. And I think that's extremely important rather than just thinking that, you know, they're not gonna listen and therefore, or they, they're they cast in a certain mold. And and therefore, you know, you, you, if, if you're gonna vote for them, they're gonna do something a certain way. I have a dialogue with them and, and express this and see not, not everybody's gonna be open-minded and talk to you about it, but I think it, everything has to start there.
3: Well, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Certainly to the extent that we can reach out to politicians we have access to and tell them what we believe, I think that that's fine. I think we just have to keep in mind that they have political imperatives.
1: I also want to, you know, I want to uh, reiterate what uh, Captain Paul Watson told me when he was he was the keynote speaker at our last convergence. Uh, he said he he ran for elections, okay, not because he thought he was going to win, but because he wanted to have this conversation in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to get involved and get engaged because mm-hmm. we want to get this in the public eye. We want to have this discussion happening. Um, no matter what, You know, if they only allow you to have a debate with the other candidates once, at least you can bring it up. And this is how you increase the awareness among the public about this. And then start screening all these documentaries you know, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you get an Eric Adams elected. And mm-hmm. uh, Eric Adams becomes Eric Adams because he watched something like this and he understood what was happening with this health. And then once he got elected, he started implementing policies mm-hmm. that helped, that, is, that are helping the children of New York, mm-hmm. helping the people of New York. You know, um, So in the same way, I mean, he really has the second most powerful position in the country from, uh, according to most people. Mm-hmm. Know, uh, next to President Biden, so he's making a difference in, in, by from his uh, from his position. So the same way, you know, it's not about it's getting that question out there among the politicians. Mm-hmm. And if that question is not being answered by anyone, run for office if you can, mm-hmm. you know, right, and get get the question out there because you know even even though you're going to lose, it's okay. You know, yeah. you are at least getting the conversation out there, right.
3: Yeah, very, that's a good point. Because if you don't have a congressional seat to lose and you want to you know, you know, just make these points in the public sphere, that's a great contribution to make. Right. Uh, and um, you know, uh, I told in, in uh, Food is Climate the story of uh, Congressman uh, Kucinich when he was running for president. And I took him aside and I said, why don't you make this case? And he said, well. I'm trying to get elected president. Well, you know, we don't have President Kucinich. He should have made the case. Um, And so, uh, yes, if if you if you're not holding on to a valuable Senate seat that you don't want to lose, um, and you want to run for office, go ahead, make the case.
2: Yeah, I can summarize what they're saying. I think this is important because. It, I think a lot of these politicians don't have the knowledge. I think they do fit into a category of being comfortably unaware. So I think it has to start from someone giving them the knowledge first, and then we can, then we can be annoyed at you know, their response, like I was uh, singling out Al Gore and Paul Hawken and Bill Gates. But I think you've got to give them the knowledge first, give them the benefit of the doubt, at least t- you know, letting them know what we know.
4: So I'd like if each of you could make a closing 30-minute summary point and then let us know how we could follow up with you, your website, your latest book. Um, If you go to our website under each speaker's bio, if you click on it, it will give you a link direct to their website. If you go to our book section, it will give you a link right to their books. But if each of you can make a closing uh, summary comment uh, and then tell us how to stay in touch with you the best way.
1: I assume you meant 30 seconds and not 30, minutes. <laughs> 30 No, I, I heard him. He said 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> 30 seconds. Uh, thank you, Steve, for this uh, amazing opportunity. And thank you, Glenn and, and Dr. Oppenlander, for your uh, kindness and generosity for, for being part of this conversation. The more we have these conversations, the better off we are as individuals and as a society. So I see, this is why I say, please contact me anytime. If I can make the time, I will come. I, I Because I have a tendency to say yes to everything. Okay, So um, please contact me at climatehealers.org. I'll put it in the chat. And uh, I'm happy to help you in any way I can. Because I have a mission to fulfill for my granddaughter. She basically told me, do your job. So... <laughs> It's my job to give out a vegan world. So, uh, and and I take it very seriously. So thank Thank you very much for this opportunity.
3: Well, I also want to thank my colleagues here. And thank you, Steve, for inviting us and for your terrific uh, conference. Um, You know, we live in an age in which things go viral. Uh, And so sometimes, you know, someone's got to Funny puppy video, and next thing you know, ten million people have seen it. Uh, what I'm trying to do is create content that is easy to watch or easy to read, and and so it could be easily spread around. Um, and uh, so I'll just say to all of you out there, you know, if you see a great, you know, uh, YouTube video with Chef AJ or someone else in the movement. You, you uh, see a, a good uh, you read a good book, you see a good talk, um, spread it around. You know, with social media. Um, these things can, can uh, proliferate exponentially. So um, you know, we do, I believe, have the truth on our side. We have the only real solution to the crises that we face. It's staring us in the face. It's obvious. And um, uh, all of you out there can help us make the case. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Yeah, well, well said. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to take the opportunity to, to thank you, Stephen, again. Uh, it's quite quite remarkable. It's so encouraging for me to see this and your team, your collective team of um of such diligent workers, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. We really, really appreciate it. Um, And then um, also Glenn and Dr. Rao, thank you so much for your time and being so gracious. And um, I wanna say that uh, a couple quick things. Uh, Yes, Dr. Rao hit on this, but I feel I'm doing this for my one Grandchild, you know, too, you know, there's a, there's a future here. We're, as I said many times, I feel like we are the generation that we can make this our ethos, our, our legacy, that we, you know, turned a runaway train and, you know, turned it in the right direction um, and, 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 and saved, you know, basically our, our planet before it ran over the cliff. And, um, and I think that all of you listening uh, tonight and in the future, you you are part of the solution you were already taken the first step just by virtue of being here and i applaud each and every one of you and now we just need to go out and encourage other ones to not only become aware but actually to to act because we should be getting we should get excited every day that you wake up get excited that you have the possibility to make the greatest change that's ever happened in the positive direction on our planet and Thank you for allowing me this opportunity uh, to be part of it.